The point is that you've noticed now. Great. Now spend yes. another, you know, 10, 10 minute meditations just observing that your mind's noisy. Then the next step is focus on your breath. And then, do you know what? It's compound, mm. it's slow, it's simple. Welcome to the Get Invested podcast, where we share conversations I've enjoyed with experts from all walks of life to uncover their secret know how on where they invest their time, their skills, and their money, and the benefits this has created. Get Invested helps you to live more, work less, and leave a legacy by investing now. Listen to the show to discover top tips on how to get started to make the most of your investment journey and ultimately to be living the dream. More episodes can be found on iTunes or at khgroup.com.au forward slash get invested. Thanks for listening and let's get invested. Welcome back Freedom Fighters. I want to start again with a question and it seems like I like asking you questions to get you thinking I guess. But I just want to ask you, do you find yourself spending a lot of your time dancing to someone else's tune? Do you worry a lot about what other people think? Do you find yourself blaming others and situations and circumstances for what's happening to you? Well, today's guest helps you to cut through the crap to help you discover who was the root cause of all the issues in your life. And you may be surprised to find that it's probably you. That was the recognition that I came to, having had the pleasure to have met Amber. And I spent a bit of time with her up at the We Are podcast conference up in Queensland last year. And right from the very first moment that I met her, she had this uncanny ability to look into my soul. It was as if uh, she'd known me for years and she's got this incredible wisdom and intuition that just seems to cut right to the chase. Now, Amber's a really interesting person. Uh, she's a speaker, she's a writer, and she's a teacher, but that just doesn't seem to cover it. She's done so much work in self-mastery, uh, looking at all aspects of Eastern and Western culture, with science, with research, to combine a really unique way of helping you to get in touch with who you are. She helps you to find the real, vulnerable, authentic you. Because once you understand who you are and you become comfortable and proud with that, then you truly, truly become what she calls unfuckwithable, which is a subject of her book. And uh, she's got a great podcast called Just Be You. Because anyone who's done a lot of reading and soul searching on this will have realized, like I do, that all sustainable success starts and comes from within. So I won't say any more. It's a fantastic conversation. Uh, she has this ability to really get you thinking about yourself and get quite uncomfortable with that, which is a great place to start. So please enjoy Amber Hawken. Amber Hawken, welcome to Get Invested. I've really been looking forward to having a chat to you. Uh, a really good connection with you when um, we both met up at the We Are podcast conference last year. So really appreciative of you taking some time to have a chat on Get Invested. Welcome. Thank you, Bushy. Same. Same. I'm really excited and I, I can't wait to honour to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, good. Now, hey, um, before we really kick into it, can you just give us a rundown on who you are, what you do and where you're heading at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> That's only going to be How long you got? Yeah. <laughs> um, short version or long version? Uh, whatever it feels right. All right. 
Um, well, for me, I let's go with what I'm doing first and you'll probably figure out who I am because of that. I think that that <laughs> kind of reveals like who people are at their core. So yeah. currently I live on the Gold Coast uh, oh. down in Palm Beach because um, – like my isolation um, a lot of the time and it's cruisy down here because I love the beach. And so I run my my own business out of here. I have a business or I have a company that has kind of two umbrellas. One of them is to work primarily with schools and teachers. It's called Calm Mind Project. Yep. And I use my training as a mindfulness, like I have a diploma in mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy. And I'm an NLP practitioner, a deep state repatterning therapist, um, I was a radiation therapist, so I worked in medicine first, so I have a lot of experience in the sense of understanding uh, the body as well on a really uh, thorough level. Yep. Um, that's that half. And then the other half is I use those same skills to work one-on-one with people. Um, and I'm not an elevated pitch kind of person, Bushy, like you. <laughs> I think you know that. Yeah. I fucking hate that shit. But um, <laughs> the thing I guess that I've been thinking about – because people always ask this question. I travel a lot. And so I always think, oh, how can I say this? So I generally just say, I'm an author <laughs> because <laughs> I am an author. But it's the easiest question because as soon as you tell someone that you, you know, study forms of psychotherapy, they're like, oh, oh and it gets all awkward. It's quite fun to watch actually. People squirm because suddenly they feel vulnerable. And I'm like, mate, I'm not looking at your soul right now. Like, calm down. Um, but hey, but, let's dig into that because, uh, you know, the, yeah. I, I hear all of these these terms and and I'd, the little bit that I've uh, web stalked and spoken to you about, you've clearly done some amazing study across all spheres, Eastern, spiritual, Western, mm-hmm. clearly around trying to, I guess, help yourself and help others to get in touch with who they are. Uh, can you totally. talk to us a bit about that? Because you know, we, you know there's there's some fancy terms in the titles of of what you do, the NLP. And I know, the rest there's of it. a lot happening there. Isn't yeah, there? It, it's yeah. just so Sounds broad. If if we drill it down yeah. and sort of sum up, you know, why do you do what you do? Look in a nutshell. Yeah, what is it? Oh, why? I, I like why. Look, what I do essentially is help people understand how to reconnect with themselves underneath their mind, and that gives them whatever they're at, whoever they are. Doesn't matter what it is. It's different for everyone, but it gives them self freedom. Gives them personal freedom. And then they can do whatever the hell they want with their life with that with that freedom. Okay. Um, that's what I do in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. And and am I reading from that that freedom to you means accepting who you are and then getting comfortable with that and and that's where the freedom comes from or is it more than that? No. Yeah, so much more than that. Um, so freedom, in a sense, it's different for every single human being what freedom means. But yep. when I say the word freedom. It's, it's like you can sit back in your consciousness rather than in your sense of self and your identity. So you've got thoughts, you have belief systems, but when you were born, you didn't have those beliefs. You didn't have those thoughts. You didn't know who you are. You didn't have a name. You didn't know if you're a boy or a girl or Australian or anything. You didn't have religion, nothing. You had a pure essence, like a, a consciousness, and that's who we are at our core. And there's, you know, for the sake of everyone um, listening, consciousness is – it's just a term. It's that, that word is a compass. You can't, you can't visualize or, or you can try and visualize and imagine consciousness, but because it is consciousness, as soon as we say the word, we label it, we lose consciousness about it. So this is something that you have to experience. It's something you experience in life. Um, probably in the most pure moments of your entire life. If you've ever given, if you're, if you're a mother and you've given birth to a baby or you're a father and you've caught your baby or you, 
um, have one of those moments of complete, absolute and utter bliss when you're on the top of a mountain or doing something that you loved, building a car or making a puzzle or singing or it's generally touching that right part of our brain, that very creative part where you lose your mind, literally lose your mind. Um, and that's the consciousness. So it's, it's learning how to get there. And there are so many different avenues to get there. But one of the things about what gets in our way of getting to that consciousness, because once we hit that spot, life doesn't become a battle of fear. It doesn't become a battle with our past or negativity or trying to be confident. Like that's all, that's symptomatic. That's all surface level. You're playing the wrong game. So sit back into that consciousness and then you can see everything for what it is. Then, yes, you can do the human part and the fear and the emotions and the beliefs and all that beautiful chaos that we experience. But when you sit back in the consciousness and you have awareness through connection and that connection again through different avenues, then life becomes very magical. Then you go, okay, what the fuck do I want to do? What feels so incredibly inspiring, not necessarily happy or gratifying or stimulating, but what feels like, mm, like yum, like it's, it's a, it's a deliciousness inside of you and a powerful one. And then can follow that because you're not in that chaos or that, that conditioning of our mind. So that's what I help people do. Get back to there. And there's sometimes we have to go through our pain though. We have to work through our trauma or we have to work through belief systems and negativity to get to that space because there's different levels of consciousness essentially. Right. Right? We have to go from base, which is the fear, right down the bottom, and then into sensuality and then into power, then into heart, then into communication, then into seeing, then in, into self-connection. And so you have to go through this this space and that's life. That's the beauty of it. Um, and sometimes that self-acceptance is the thing when you spoke about so it's really connecting with yourself accepting who you are that self-acceptance is an enormous step because of the consciousness of our world right now that's why that's authenticity such a big thing it's not necessarily the thing it's just where we're at right now and so that's why it's you know this vulnerability everything's moving that direction because our universe is at that consciousness and so that's what we're facing that's why it's so big yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, is your question? Yeah, no, I love it. No, no, I love it, and and I, that's triggered a thousand other questions that uh, will flow from that. Great. So, so authenticity is is probably just a doorway in a in a sense in in the context mm. of of moving down that that pathway that you've just described so well. And that 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 pathway that you mentioned in terms of those those various levels is is that a framework that you've put together or um because uh, I hadn't actually heard it no. described so well in in that that it's format a- before. Yeah. So I, as, as you said, like I've studied Eastern, Western spiritual philosophy, um, medicine, different forms of, um, very clinical types of human behavior and psychology. Um, and that is what I just said to you. You're going from go to, go to fear, to sensuality, to power, to love, to communication, to seeing, to, to self-connection. Anyone who has studied the energetic vortices or the vortexes which are known in um, eastern and western world as chakras so that's the energy systems right in the center of our body because i work primarily with um, people on every like your everyday everyday people you know just just people who are you know i'm not and it's not a less than i really want to be very clear when i say everyday people i enjoy talking love like this instead of always referring to things as this is your base chakra and this is that (laughs) not because there's resistance or there's judgment around it it's just because i find when we take the pressure or the edification or this glorification off one thing 
then we release the, you know, those, those attachments or resistance to it. So I talk about it in sense of a cognition or in sense of almost like a belief system to help us go from there because our energies and our beliefs work with each other. Yes. You can change your energy. You can shift your energies. You work with energy healers. You work with doctors who work with energy healers over in Germany. They're really accelerated in that area. Yeah. They will tell you, yes, you can change people's energy, but if you don't work on the beliefs that were triggering the energy in the first place, it'll just default back. So I really believe strongly in cognition is really important to understand your mind, to be able to manage your mind. That's why self-connection is important. And that's why I communicate, I guess, those levels of consciousness or that energy shift or that rising consciousness so basically. I just like to put it in basic terms so that we can consume it and go, right, I get it, rather than thinking, what's happening in my um, solar plexus? It's like, well, what the fuck does that mean to most people? So I just want it to be practical. Yeah, you know, I love it. No, I, I love it. I, I love the way you cut through the shit because. Uh, and don't don't get me wrong. I like talk like that with the people who know that language. So yeah, it's not a judgment yeah. on that language. No, at not all. at all. Yeah. No, I don't take it that way. It's just it just comes back to the level of understanding. And I think um, as soon as you jargonize anything, you lose people on it because unless unless they can talk that language, they're going, "What the hell yeah. are you talking about?" And what what I love about yeah. what I'm hearing is you're you're synthesizing and taking elements from all of those things and boiling it down into a language that the everyday Joe like myself and go, yeah, I actually get what you're talking about here, which is, which is sensational. Mm. So, so let's take an ordinary Joe like me and a typical Aussie bloke who spends 99% of the time in my head and uh, mm. very little time in my heart uh, and, and the old monkey brain uh, thinks way too much. Uh, mm. how, how do you help someone like me actually smash through that to to get to that uh, state of connectedness? And um, totally, yeah. Can you t- talk? T- give me some practical tips that uh, myself and other listeners might um, take away from that. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's two ways that I'm just have popped into my mind. Firstly, it's kind of like let's go straight for the jugular of self-connection but I kind of want to talk about that second I have a question for you just to help listeners because they they can ask themselves this question in their own mind in your head what's the biggest deepest fear battle going on like the not necessarily the personalized one but at its core what's the biggest battle that you often go on about in your head uh it's probably two fear of death would be one Uh uh and probably fear of success is the the other actually yeah I reckon yeah, that would be the awesome. two big ones. So both of them are fear. And the fear of success would be because then if you get too successful, then there's pain associated with that, e.g. that pain at its core would be, and then I am not good enough and that's painful and I don't want that. Yeah, the people are, they'll actually realize that I'm a I'm an imposter. <laughs> yeah, exactly, imposter syndrome. So at its core, I'm not good enough. I'm not safe in this world to be successful. And the second one, uh, the first one you said death, which is perfect because you said death, perfect for my example. Um, safety. So our base, the, the very first one, that, that root base understanding, it is our very first thing to create a very, very great connection with ourselves on a healthy level that is sustainable, that creates resilience, is to deal with our foundations. So that first chakra is fear. Am yeah. I safe? Am I safe in this world? Am I enough? Yeah. So as I said before, we can lean back and observe that consciousness level as something separate to ourselves and as a story. That's one way. But some people just, they're just, that's quite difficult to do that. It's harder. That's a long-term practice with mindfulness and meditation. So straight away, 
you could just have a look around your life and start to understand that you need to build strong foundations. That's our most dense fear. That's our most dense part of being a human being is where are our foundations? Are they outside of you? Do you have any within you? Do you have structure in your life? Are you healthy in your body? Where is your home? What does that mean to you? Having a look at building firm foundations in your life because on that level, because it's that density, it's the form of manifestation in this world. When you have that, that will relax those fears of that mind as well. So it's the chicken or it goes back and forth, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Totally. So to, so to take yeah. my example then, uh, what what would you what would help to establish what those foundations are? You well, obviously I, ask all me of questions those things like this. that I yeah totally exactly. I'd have to ask a, a bunch of different questions about what you value in your life because what foundation and safety means to everyone is so different. Yes. And also, I would um, always recommend not basing your safety and foundation on your, your business or no. money outside of you because they are always secondary. They come from your ability to build foundations within you. So you have to work on the in first and then you can create money on the out. So it's understanding what that is. But honestly, foundations, the biggest thing that I've like is think about it really simply. What's your very first foundation for your every single day? Do you wake up, check your phone straight away? Do you go straight to coffee? Do you, do you allow your mind to feed negativity, complaint? I hate my job. Like, what are you doing? Every single, like, what's your foundations of life? Yeah. No, I'm pretty Stuck lucky. Your first 15 minutes of your day with a beautiful foundation. Yeah, you are. You have a great life. Yeah, I've got an I awesome life. Yeah, and, and I'd, I'd, <laughs> I happily share this because I, and we've got into a bit of a, a routine, uh, Sonia and I now, where we wake up in the morning. We live in a a, a beautiful hillside uh, homestead, uh, looking down the valley mm. outside of Adelaide, and we wake to the sound of kookaburras and the the birds in the trees. Uh, we look out the, the full height grass. We look out the window. And there's foxes running across, the kangaroos, the, the, the sheep oh, in the paddock. Oh, no. The dogs come. We've got four Samoyed dogs that have got permanent smiles. That uh, We have smile time and cuddle time uh, first thing in the morning. And uh, as, we, as we wake up, we uh, do a gratitude exercise, one in our heads, uh, just, just yes. giving thanks for everything we're doing. And then we, then we actually uh, verbalise to each other what the day is going to be like. So yes. if, we've, if we've got really challenging things happening that day, we, we talk about them and how well it's, how well it's gone and how, how good it is. So it's sort of pre-positioning that side of it, which is really awesome. And then once, once we've mm-hmm. done that, we head off, to the, head off to the gym. And I, you know, being the bloke, I sort of burn off the aggression so that I'm calm in my head, come home, have a mm-hmm. really leisurely breakfast because uh, I love breakfast. Really leisurely breakfast, oh, yes. and then I jump on the piano for twenty minutes to half an hour before I actually get into work. And 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 we talk about those things that take me to joy, and I feel feel really alive. There's no mm-hmm. nothing better than sitting on the piano. I just I just I can't think about anything else. I'm totally focused on that. The whole vibrational energy that I get from from playing the piano is just something else. And I and I get off the piano with a massive smile on my face, and I'm and it's like okay, let's go, let's let's. Get into this. So, but, but that's taken a long time. I love it. Long time to get to that point, by the yep. way. And that's just by trial and error, I think. But uh, the, the thing that I, yep. the thing that I do struggle with, and I'm, I'm pretty keen to, to talk to you about this, Amber, because you can probably um, put me in the right direction. That that monkey mind that I talk about. Uh, I, I try yep. to do meditation, but I, I'm just not so far not that effective at it because the brain just 
keeps on kicking in. Totally. I've, I've done the whole focus on your breathing, uh, move your move around the body and relax the body and all that stuff. And I'm I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a sort of babe in the woods and all this sort of gear. But uh, uh-huh. how how do you help people to sort of break through and get into that that state of non-thinking or just just being still? You're afraid to trust your heart. There you go. There you go. That's that old heart. You you are like, oh, I can't go there. I can't. I need my head for this. I need my head for everything. And so you believe every thought it has. Yeah. And you give it all of the attention because you've given it all of the significance for your success and you've given it all of your significance for future success or not. Probably not all of it. I know that you have quite a bit of awareness. But, um, you know, in those moments, you're my like, so if I can break down for you why I ask that question. Cause, and this is personal, so it's um, I could sense it from talking to you. Yeah. That's And that's why I could, uh, you know, ask you that question directly. Yeah. Um, because, and, and but it's it's really a different version of that for everyone else. Is they're addicted to thinking. They think that they need to think all of the time. It makes them feel safe because the human, as a human, we build this hard drive that I was talking about, yeah. this sense of self, and then we think that that's all we are. Yeah. So we're so afraid to, in a sense, unconsciously let that go. Yeah. Like yeah. let it go um, and go. Whoa, it's cool to be still right now. And in fact, let me ask you this question: Before you did piano in the mornings, were you less productive during the day? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yes, in the context that I stuff that doesn't affect me now used to affect me more. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, exactly. Uh, shit still yeah. happens, but it doesn't. It just bounces off now. Whereas previously, I'd get annoyed or frustrated or. Exactly. It just doesn't impact as much. And the reason is because you spend time of that self-connection, which was I was saying earlier, the second thing is going straight for the jugular, which is doing the practices of self-connection because that gives you a bit of a map or a bit of a compass or a reference point is probably the correct term. You know what space you can be in flow in. And what our head does is it gets us into cognition and focus, but it doesn't put us in flow. Yeah, yeah. And flow is where greatness comes. Like you can still do everything you need to do, but you're not stressed, there's no pressure, and there's no noise. Yeah, 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 beautiful. Yeah, and and I I can see massive – and you see people who are clearly in flow because it just seems to come naturally to them. Uh, Mm. And and things are effortless and always a lot of fun. And and I'd I'd certainly um, experience a lot of that, a lot more of that now. And, I, and I'm, yep. pre- I'm pretty lucky, Amber. I've, uh, uh, you know, they say opposites attract. Well, uh, Sonia and I are definitely yin and yang. I'm all head, she's all heart. <laughs> and, but the combination of those two is just yeah. sensational because every time I'm getting too far in my head, that she slaps me and says, hey, <laughs> wake up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yep, you're right. Yep. You're absolutely right. Let's get back to what's real. And then, then I look in the dog's eyes and the uh... great big smile and it's that unconditional love that a dog gives you regardless of what's going on. So mm-hmm. What am I worrying about? Come on, get there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep. yeah, so let, let's broaden it out a little bit because um, uh, I, I'm not sure what you're finding, but you know, when I sit down with people to assist them in helping to uh, get to their ideal life and, and, and 
we use property as a vehicle, obviously, to help them get there. But the first question I ask people has got nothing to do with property whatsoever. It's it's about um, what is happiness and fulfilment to you, and what's your perfect mm. life look like. And uh, most people have no answer to the second question. They've got no idea what their yeah. ideal life looks like. And nine times out of ten, people aren't happy and they're not fulfilled. What, why do you yeah. think that is? And, and how does uh, what you're doing assist people to get closer to that? Totally. Um, that's probably the basis of really my book yep. that I started. Um, what, sorry, when I started it, I was looking at really unhappy people. Yeah. thinking what has caused this and the childhood that I grew up in thinking why do people push their suffering onto others like what's going on like why do we why do we do that why mm. don't why do people stay in relationships they don't want to why do they stay in jobs they don't want to what's going on and I was just always really curious um yeah. Yeah. and a big part of that there's so many facets to that I'm like let me go with the basic one because people lack that self-connection and their mind is so busy, yep. what happens is it they can't hear what they intuitively want or they can't hear what they want. They can't even hear it, let alone follow it. Yes. So they go into default and they look around and they go into the basic fear of that, what do I need to do to be loved? What do I need to do to be enough? And what we see is representations of what we're taught. Okay, so to be loved, we have to have this body and this much money, and this kind of marriage, and this is what my relationship needs to look like, and this is how I need to act and be and wear and dress and everything like that. And because they can't listen, they default into that because at least they're meeting the survival mean of am I enough, am I loved? So they're just quite literally surviving in a sense of um, mentally but emotionally suffering Mm -hmm. but stimulating themselves to escape that suffering, drugs, Facebook, alcohol, Sex, you name it. We've got yeah. stimulus everywhere. Buying things, yeah. going into our own head is a stimulation escape. Going into victim mentality is a massive addiction. Yep. And then there's complete spiritual disconnection because you can't hear it because we're so we're moving so fast and our head is moving so fast. We don't take any time to pause. And then when we to, to listen, and then when we do pause, we've been going so fast that what you've said is the monkey mind is going crazy. So then you just jump back in and listen to it again. But to kind of answer the question on a second part, which gives two birds and one stone here, is the way that you can pause that monkey mind is is not to try and turn it off. It's going to be there for the rest of your life, (laughs) ever. So the answer is A, don't fight it, but B, spend more time pausing and simply like so simply connecting to your body and breath. Because when you focus on your breath, even for three seconds, it will take you out of head into body, into heart, into feeling, which then you can connect with and go, what's really happening here? That's really, people don't even do that. If I ask someone what they're feeling, they're like, uh, feel stress. No, that's not, no. What's the emotion? Uh, well, it feels scary. No, that's not an emotion either. Like they don't know how to feel. Exactly. And so then when you get underneath the feelings, then you move through those, you calm those, move the emotions through, then you connect to bliss and consciousness. Then you can fucking listen. Then you know what to do. And then you can make your life to move towards fulfillment. 
I don't recommend people being happy, like moving towards happiness. Happiness, I think, is spontaneous and yeah. it's great, but I don't think we too should attach to it. Because yeah. as soon as we attach to happiness, then we are afraid of negativity. And that means even when you're happy, you're afraid. Yes. And when you're afraid, you're afraid more. Yeah, so well, either so way, you're fucking yeah, miserable. That, that is awesome. So define fulfillment for us. What, what does fulfillment mean in your eyes? That you feel, even if there's chaos around you, yeah. I'd like to describe it if that's okay. Yeah. Even if there's chaos or all of these things in your mind are saying this is negative or this is bad, that you have a deep sense of peace, love, and contentment inside of you. Yeah. Still there, always, unwavering. Yeah, okay. And that comes from those foundations that you spoke about. So if we're in tune with what's right with us, then nothing uh, can affect us and we're in a, in a state of fulfillment. Yeah, saying? when you are in tune and you listen and then when you start to act on that and what's going to happen first is that you will be terrified and you'll feel like your world is falling apart because you've had so much attachment to the life that was. And yeah. But when you think about everyone listening might be able to, I just want to make it more relatable, mm. when you're doing something, I mean, and I hopefully that people listening to this, you've done something lately that just felt amazing and it gave you so much joy yeah. for the sake of doing it, yes. not because – oh, my God, it's Sunday afternoon and I've got an hour. <laughs> well, maybe I'll do this. Yeah. Or I guess I should do this because I'm so exhausted and I have to take a holiday because I'm so exhausted. Yeah. No, like people, instead of prioritizing joy and doing things that make them feel fulfilled, e.g. piano, yeah. or whatever else it is, or aligning their entire life with joy and things that feel purposeful and meaningful to them, and understanding that in each moment it is our responsibility to make a creative, fulfilling meaning about everything that gives more meaning and fulfillment, then you will be fulfilled. Yeah. And then that creates it's, – it's a cycle. It's, it compounds on itself and then your life begins to align and then you feel more aligned and then fear of, oh, my gosh, I can't do this way because it, it quietens or it doesn't feel as scary or it doesn't, there's not as much resistance. But at first, if you're listening, you don't feel like you're aligned at all, that's cool. And just know that it's really cool if you're like, how the hell am I going to do that? Always feel scary at first and then it gets easier. Yeah, okay. Well, it, com it, it, it compounds. Yeah, gotcha. The, uh, I do a fair bit of reading and, and love doing it. And, uh, Simon Sinek uh, talks about fulfillment and getting your greatest fulfillment mm. by – uh, selfishly helping and giving to others without ever expecting anything in return and the, the, the sense of well-being that, that contribution doing that does that sort of fit in as part of what you're talking about there Emma? it is but i do believe it's secondary okay so our primary purpose i believe and i have found and i know from working with people if you try and go from the outside and you're always you know, take Simon's example and many other people like with It's So many people talk about it. Um, it's, you know, because we all understand when we're, when, once we've done something like that, it makes us feel fulfilled. We're like, shit, this is what we've got to do. Yeah. But if you think about it, if you're only doing that, if you're only feeling fulfilled when you're contributing, what about when, like, you just come home and you're not mm. contributing? True. What about that? Okay, so then do you just feel fulfilled when you're – like doing your career, even though you don't want to call it a job because it doesn't feel like a job because, yeah, I'm doing what I love. Okay, cool. So however many days you want to do that now, is that when you're fulfilled? Well, what, are our, what about when you're not doing that? Yeah. So I think our, that purpose or that, that, that action is secondary and it's organic when we have self-connection and then we follow it. And that is always our primary purpose. And then once we understand who we are and our own kind of consciousness flavor within ourselves, you can see it within kids. We've all got this sense of – 
this uniqueness about every single one of us, this beingness, when we connect with that and fully express it and we figure out what it is that's, that lights up our individual self yeah. and we follow that and we embody that, walk into the bathroom, making your bed, doing the groceries, doing your taxes, and it's harder to do it when you do shit like that, but unless you are an accountant and you froth off that like my accountant does, then go, go for gold. Um, but you know, you start to embody that in all you do. And then suddenly you realize, wow, this career or this job kind of fits in with this. And then, then you start living that life and then your career becomes that. But I, you must, must, must embody it and then find a career or make one up that aligns with that, that unique expression of who you are, because who you are is your purpose. And then the outside shit is secondary. Yeah, love it, love it. It fits beautifully in with um, the work that we do with clients in terms of starting to live by design. And, and if the design is all about uh, getting you closer to being in that, that state and that place all the time, mm. and then that becomes both the magnet and the compass in terms of the magnet yep. to keep you attracted and drawn towards that, and then it also provides a compass because if something comes across... Love it. You're making a choice on is that taking you closer there or further away? Then suddenly you've got something that's going to be sustainable and and something you're, uh-huh. you're more likely to be sticking to. So yeah, I, I love that. I love that actually. That, that's that's brilliant. And getting down to that core level is something that I think very few people do. And and there's probably a thousand reasons for it. But you know, we live in such a fast-paced, instant iPhone everything world now that. Uh, Having exercising the old patience, persistence, and discipline muscles to to do the work, I, I think is challenging because uh, we live in a in Australia in particular. I feel we live in a world of no limits, so everything's at our fingertips and as much of it as we want. So you know, we, you talk beautifully in in your book um, uh, about the the seven Fs and, and the addictions, but mm. what I find is because We've got limitless uh, access to everything. Uh, deep down, uh, most of us have addictive uh, leanings, and uh, you know, my biggest addiction right now is bloody coffee. I mean, it, I, I can give anything away, I, but you try and and I've tried to give bloody coffee away, which you'd think would be pretty damn simple. My God, yeah, I've tried a few times, and mm. I, I love the smell, and I love where. It, what I feel like when I'm drinking coffee, and it, it, it's that old escapism to you, go. But we, yeah, I mean, this... why can't you slow down, Bushy? What's wrong with that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, right. that's why, exactly right. Why are you afraid of slowing down? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, yeah, because if, if you slow down, you actually have to think. And having to think, I think, at times for a lot of people is a pretty bloody scary concept because it's like, well, you Holy just shit. hear your mind. You hear it. And because people don't understand that fear is going to be there and that thoughts are thoughts, they're not real. They're just they're just a cloud floating through the sky. But most people, every thought that goes through their head, they grab onto, especially the negative ones, because it makes them feel a sense of identity and power. And so they're like, oh, I can't meditate because when I slow down, my gosh, my mind won't stop. Yeah, it's not going to stop. And it's always been that fast and noisy. You're just being so busy to avoid that that you didn't realize it was always like that. The point is that you've noticed now. Great. Now spend another you know, 10, 10 minute meditations, just observing that your mind's noisy. Then the next step is focus on your breath. And then, do you know what? It's compound. Mm. It's slow. It's simple. Yeah. No, you're not meant to stop it. You're meant to notice it so that you cannot listen to it anymore. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love that. I love that. And I, I just think the, uh, we've got so many volume 
switches now because we've got access to everything. Uh, uh, then, you know, the, and, and then perhaps just share with this, the listeners those briefly those seven Fs because uh, I, I think if uh, in listening to it, we'll go, yeah, actually, that's me. Uh, yeah, I'm part of that. Can you, can you quickly share that with us? Yeah, let me. <laughs> uh, yep. So you've got facade. So the false identity, sense of self is the first. So these are, um, for those listening, context, I wrote a book called The Unfuckwithable Life. And it's about using or getting comfortable embracing connection and vulnerability for a life of inspiration and freedom, right? That's yeah. the title and the, and the, and the intro. And I explain how most of us are so, we're, we're addicts. We give into the urge of wanting to be stimulated straight away. And this is, it goes far deeper. Um, I really trace a lot of it back to un, like suppressed emotions or not feeling and not slowing down. And so therefore we feel uncomfortable and a lot of, we can take that back to childhood. Um, everyone has something in childhood they haven't worked through. Trust me, every human being, yeah. um, and even if it's no trauma, then by omission they have trauma because they had a perfect life and now they have these expectations of themselves. Trust yes. me, everyone has a tra- trauma by perception. Mm. So um, then like fast forward 20 years later, our defensive mechanism is that kids to not feel pain, emotional pain or not be rejected or not feel rejected or whatever it was that was going on, then yeah. we have a – we have a defensive mechanism that becomes destructive. So our survival mechanisms as children turn into our destructions as adults. Yep. And then um, so that will probably, um, based on environment and based on environment and influence, your choice of the seven Fs, which are what I have just put into a nice little list of things that we often used to escape. They become addictions and addiction is a strong word, but addiction means that we can't go without with feeling okay. And yeah. you, therefore, you know, your coffee addiction, like it, you can't experience the same state of freedom and bliss without the thing, whether mm. that's validation, right? So these are the seven F's. So the first one is identity. So false identity, F, false identity, yeah. which is our sense of self. As I said, we get this hard drive builds up. Who this is? This is me. This is who I am. And basically, that sense of self is built on the conditioning of when we were younger to go right. What? Who do I need to be enough? Who do I need to be loved? Yeah. And we build this these belief systems about the world, about us, about money. Money is evil, or money is great, or mm. money is freedom, or money is for greedy people and thieves, or um, love is scary, or relationships are hard, or um, physical contact is yuck, or uh, emotions are weak all of these different mm. things and, and then and then so we go towards the, the pleasure of those things. So, all right, if emotions are weak, then I shut down emotions. That's going to keep me away from pain, yeah. right? If money is evil and we might not necessarily think that but mum and dad thought about it all the time, therefore money must cause pain, right? So subconsciously I will avoid, I'll avoid that, all right, yep. Mm. And so all of these belief systems build up and up and up and up and this becomes our sense of identity, same with religion. It's, a, it's an ego, essentially. It's an ego is the concept of us identifying with our belief systems. That can be I'm a boy, I'm a girl, any I am and thoughts that go through our mind. We are so addicted to that because we're so disconnected from our, you know, if you want to call it soul or awareness or divinity or consciousness. Yep. As soon as we disconnect from consciousness, we feel that gap. We feel that space of emptiness. And the first thing that most people go to is their thoughts. 
about themselves, especially the negative ones. So that's an addiction. Most people live in their head addicted to their thoughts because yep. they're so afraid to disconnect and be something bigger, really. Yes. Um, yes next one is food. Yep. Mm, exactly. Self-explanatory. Food's just available to us. It's also hardwired into us to reward us chemically when we eat it because it's a survival mechanism based on, you know, we need food to survive. I love food, um, by the way. I love it. Yeah, food is great. Um, but people, people are using it to ins- escape, which means they don't enjoy it. They, they, oh, they enjoy that block of chocolate for the three seconds. Yeah. yeah. You know, but they don't actually. When was the last time you put a piece of chocolate in your mouth and let it melt it and felt like the sensuality and the sexuality of chocolate? Like when? Seriously. Mm-hmm. So Yesterday. food is a big one. <laughs> Yeah, good job. Same, actually. <laughs> and I swished some red wine in after as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Um, literally like half a glass. It's just like this little thing that I do is great. Yeah, um, I like it. Um, fashion and not necessarily just clothes, but anything that has an associ- a social association with being better than or being higher than or superior. Yep. So it might be the fashion of, you know, oh, I'm watching a Netflix series or the fashion of, yeah, oh, okay. it's, you know, like deep, oh, it's fashionable to be spiritual these days. Like that's a fat, you know, <laughs> that's a fashion yeah. or fashion itself. You know, those, if I'm wearing Gucci, I must be better than, and that strengthens my sense of identity importance and deals with the fear of, am I enough? Yes. Um, fashion, food, um, I say fucking, uh, excuse yeah. the coarseness, but the idea is to shock people. Um, so if you look in the dictionary, it's a word and it says when people have intercourse. So yes, people use that. They try and, you know, it's one of the closest things to connection that we can get is when we orgasm. It's, it's quite literally you orgasm with life. Your orgasm takes you to complete and utter presence if you're doing mm. it, mm. you know, if you're, if you're yeah, doing yeah. it well, if you're doing it consciously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but people do it really unconsciously to, you know, believe that they are loved or to believe that they are enough. Um, oh, yeah. Things like okay. I yeah. actually thought about that, so yeah, all right. yep. Wow. Interesting. Bushy, I forgot that you're not <laughs> happily married man over there. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people, like, look at, look at Tinder. Uh, do you know what Tinder is? Scary. I've I, never seen it. I've okay, heard the concept about of it, it. that it really yep. scares the shit out of me. If you're flicking right and flicking yeah. left, just choosing on the basis yeah. of a photo, my God, we've hit all-time lows. Yeah, we really have. In saying that, I've got two friends who are married off Tinder, but that's not a story. Okay. Um, okay. But yes, essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's become like how people meet now. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have Tinder, but I know the cons of you know I'm in that age mm. where people are using it all of the time. Of um, so it's yeah, people they feel they feel. Um, you ask any guy or girl when they feel lonely, what do they do? They open their phone, they go to connect through some validation, they get some likes, they have a chat to someone, they meet up. Yeah. Um, they you know they're wanting stimulation. Like okay, let's have sex. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And yeah. um, false highs, coffee, drugs, wine, yeah. um, fantasizing. Yeah. So if we think about fantas like fantasizing, that's also an addiction in your brain as well. So um, that's you know, false highs are really, really big one for people. Um, just an example of what a not a false high is is. I ran a retreat um, like two weeks ago and we did a sweat lodge, which is a native Canadian way of um, let's say like it's like a detox. It's, a, it's a, In a sense, it's a rebirth. It's an enormous purging of, okay. of held energy, emotion, spiritually. When we did the check-ins afterwards, you know, it's like a three-hour process and when we checked in with everyone and spoke about it, 
so many of the women were like, I feel high. And it was this just, they were in bliss. They were in that space. And they're like, I felt like this on, like someone had, um, you know, had drugs in the past. They're like, I felt like this on MDMA. And someone's like, yeah, this is what heroin feels like. Really? You know, it's, yeah. And that, and heroin is the most addictive drug in its sense, because when we are born, we have to attach as a human being. It's, It's our nature to attach to something because we know, right, I have to attach Usually it's to mum because we come out of the birth canal yeah. or, you know, to, to someone to feel safe. So we do it naturally. If you don't do that properly or if you don't do that in a healthy way, if you don't have that connection or feeling safe, yeah. heroin feels like a warm hug. Mm. Right? I'm, like, I'm totally ignorant on the drug scene. Uh, yeah. Totally ignorant, actually. So uh, I'm really interested in some of this stuff because it's so all-pervading these days. So, yeah, yeah. Really yeah, interesting. Okay, it's it's a big, you know, that's why heroin is, yeah, it's super addictive because of that. So false highs, and you know, when we have coffee, it gives us it's borrowed energy. We've got to give it back, and that's why, like, our poor adrenal glands these days. Huh. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm all like hands up, but I've I've moved over. I probably only have coffee once a week now because my poor liver and adrenal glands and kidneys just like they've copped it, you know, and I love the taste of it as well. So I really enjoy it, but I've moved over to cacao now and I specifically um, will not have coffee if I'm tired because it's borrowed energy and we have, we have to give it back. Yeah, exactly. So talk about the adrenals. I years ago when I was a, the young crusader was taking on the world and thought that I knew better than everyone else and worked seven days a week, 14 hours a day as, a, as an architect. Uh-huh. I, uh, my adrenal gland was so overactive, it, it ate my thyroid uh, to the point yeah. where I had to take additional, I take desiccated pig thyroid now actually to, to try and uh, uh, supplement that because otherwise I'd put on weight at the drop of a hat and get tired and all the rest of it. Yeah, right. I, I hear exactly what you're saying around um uh, yeah, the impact and the influence that has. Yeah. Well, it rises our cortisol, you know, yeah. and our cortisol, especially for women, men as well. But our cortisol will, um, our cortisol rising cortisol raises adrenaline. It uh, for women lowers our progesterone, increases our estrogen, which in, like puts our hormones totally out of balance. And you guys know what that fucking feels like oh, for yeah. your end. Oh yeah. Right, and we have so much PMS and so much going on in our hormones because of all of this stuff that um, you know it sends a psycho during our menstrual cycle. It's not meant to feel that hard. Like it's not meant to be that hard, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah interesting. It's yeah, and so it, it's there's so many consequences to to borrowing connection, right? There's so many consequences to looking for it in the wrong place. Yeah. So, and I, um, the biggest challenge, I think, have we covered all seven lefts? I think we have. No, I don't no? think so. No, oh, we, we may have actually. What did I say? Okay, so facade, food, false identity, fashion, fucking, false high. Yeah. What's the other one? Ah, um, oh, finance. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. so if we, people, and this in a sense is like career, like if I'm, the amount of people that we've seen bury themselves in work because they don't feel good enough, so they'll go to their career or their relationships failing, so they'll go to their they'll go for money because money is such an idolized like money, body, fame. Yeah. They're very they're edified, right? They're gratified yeah. in this world, and so people will go for it and they will 
they will destroy their entire life to try and make a dollar. Whether or not they make it, they don't know. But whether they do make it, they get there. And I know that you're big on this, that they, they might get there and they might get the money, but they don't have the fulfillment. Exactly. Exactly. It's mm. the whole but, question of how much is enough for you to, to be living the life you want. And, it, and the, the, just mm-hmm. the, the banal pursuit of money for money's sake is just a, a highway to nowhere. Yeah. No question but, about that. If you get crystal yeah. clear on, well, this is this is what makes me happy. Uh, this is the lifestyle that's going to make sure that I'm uh, living in the right place. And therefore, and, and unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, money is the currency that, that fuels our freedom right, mm-hmm. if we're living in the Western world. So all we need to do is just generate a situation where there's enough of it uh, to allow us to do what we want to do. And once, once mm-hmm. we're there, then... The, Money's not evil. Uh, it's it's neither good nor bad. Actually, it's just an enabler from where I sit. And, uh, totally. Part of the exercise for me is to help people to understand that uh, uh, all all we're looking to do is create a situation where you can live the, your life the way you want to live it, how you want to live it, with enough uh-huh. uh, income, oxygen, for money to sustain that without you having to work ninety hours a week to do it. So, uh, so yeah, I agree with you. The, the whole money thing is this, can be a panacea, and I've been there. I mean, back, back in the again, back in my early days when I thought I knew it all, and I was chasing fame, and fortune, and the, yeah. and, and the, the finance part of it. Uh, uh-huh. It was a real panacea because you get there, you get get to where you thought you're going to be, and say, like, oh shit, I don't feel any better for this at all. In fact, I've got more headaches, more stress, and and more to worry about now. So uh, yeah, interesting. Hey, now what? Pivot a little bit and um, mm. drill into uh, some of the stuff you've been talking about in relation to your personal journey. So, if we go back to your childhood, the, the, what was the childhood trauma that impacted you to the level where it's, it started you on this journey? Because I can see a gradual journey with what you're doing um, from uh, doing the radiotherapy to then drilling yep. deeper, deeper, deeper. Can you talk, sort of talk us through you know, what triggered it for you? Yeah, sure. Um, so obviously I've explored this a lot. I'm a big, I'll trial something, I'll discover something, and then I end up wanting to study that so I can teach it. So I've kind of, I always do groundwork in myself first, just out of curiosity, yeah. really, and then it and then it ended up turning into, you know, careers and stuff. So yeah. I mentioned earlier that when we're first, we need to attach as a human being for safety. We want to yeah. find something to attach to. It's our survival mechanism. Yeah. Um, now, the first couple of questions that I really ask people when I first talk to them is, did you feel safe in the world? Did you feel loved? And what was it to be enough? And mm-hmm. so if I ask myself that question was, did I feel safe? Well, my mom was on taking, consuming alcohol and drugs while I was in the womb. Wow. And I have never felt a really, really strong connection to my mother ever she passed away 18 months ago and i feel more connected to her now than ever really um yeah and so i explored this a lot well because i explored this a lot and i feel i believe i shut down in the womb like i'm going to protect myself so i put all these walls up up here because it was too painful she was emotionally just tumultuous like it was horrible for her she had many miscarriages she didn't want me she tried to get me aborted overdose punch her stomach yeah it was pretty intense right um and I she just must have been so much pain and I think that you know 
as in very advanced, especially when we're younger, and I feel I just shut off then. Just like, no, that's too painful. I'm going to protect myself. So there is when, like, that's where I became independent to a fault, you know? And then I came out and I just never, my parents broke, my mom left when I was three. They broke up when I was three. And I I loved my dad, but I, I was always just like a bit of a lone wolf, a lone soldier, like didn't really feel sad that I didn't have anyone. Like I remember thinking moments at school, my friends' moms would like get them presents and I'd think, oh, I wish I got that. But it wasn't like, oh, I wish I had a mom to do that. It's just I never really felt that. And I think mm. this time like, I truly believe that we have our souls come in at different like consciousness levels and we evolve as a soul and we keep going through. That's my belief system anyway. But so I feel that perhaps I had, I've always had a really big light of joy inside me, kind of no matter what's going down. Right. Don't get me wrong. I have bad days. I get sad. I get upset. I've been broken. I felt like I didn't, you know, when mum died, I also broke out of a relationship within two weeks time because I realized you know, those moments make you realize, well, do I want to be with this person for the rest of my life? I decided no. Wow. Then I shut the company down. We owned together. And that was all within like a month. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a massive month. Right? And that, that was really dark. So, yes, while I'm just saying I have joy in me, um, yeah, I still experience deep pain and I'm not one of those like, yeah, I'm happy all the time, people. I'm actually quite like neutral a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that started. Then I got a stepmom, five, six, seven. And my dad is a very soft, gentle, like very strong, very physically strong, very grounded, but in his nature, gentle, kind, humorous, lighthearted, showed showed love, showed emotion. Um, It was always like probably, you know, expressed more of his feminine than than anything. And so I had like feminine, but, but he was strong, but he wasn't. He wasn't tough. He wasn't like, don't show emotion. He was always like, you can do whatever you want in your life. I believe in you. You're amazing. That's all I ever heard from my dad. Your potential is limitless. Yeah, it was almost like a recognition of that because I was always like, yeah. Like it was really odd and not Mm. in a sense of entitlement. I was just like, oh, yeah, I believe you. Like it was just this Mm. kind of understanding. Um, So, yeah, and then at 14 I moved out of home. Sorry, jumping in. Sorry? Did that become its own in concept of being told you can do whatever you get did that become its own um what's the word here? I'm trying to wrap and self-fulfilling prophecy well self-fulfilling or <laughs> or become uh, pressure in terms of having to live up to that expectation oh no way there no. was zero pressure um okay. no pressure from home whatsoever ever nothing mm. like no pressure i was always like if anything my dad's like can't like slow down um and we've talked about it lots I talked about it a lot when I wrote my bio and dad said the moment I was born I opened my eyes looked around the room and he said you just looked at me not like a newborn baby it's like you were there and you're like I'm here (laughs) he said love it since you were a baby we uh, he told me about the story that he, he had to put um my brother in the room with me or put stuff on top of on the edges of my cot to make it higher because if I was hungry in the middle of the night, I would just get out of my cot at like one and a half, two and just make my own dinner in the middle of the night and just go back to bed. He's like, you would just do, you're like, you would watch, you'd learn and then you'd just do it. He's like, it was nuts. And, and you know, they broke up and 
when I was three, he asked me to stop wetting the bed because he couldn't afford nappies. And he said, and you just did it. He's like, it was unbelievable. He's like, it was like having an adult with me when you were younger. And he's like, you've really always been like that. And so I think in the sense when we spoke, he's like, I always told you that because not because I'm your father, but because I mean, I wouldn't have to tell you anyway. It was just, I was just almost reminding you of who you were. It's, mm. It was always like, I would be like, sorry, dad, I'm doing this. And he'd be like, yeah, makes sense. It was almost like an acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, right. So where does that come from, yeah. that, that resilience and that level of self-awareness? It's such a, it, it, yeah, what, what, what's your thoughts around that? Yeah, you know what, I've thought about it a lot. And as I said, I really feel that I guess we come in at different consciousness levels as a yeah. soul. And I, I feel like this time I must have done a, you know, quite a few lives by now. Yeah. I don't, I honestly, I, you know, in that sense, I want to add in there that because I didn't have that connection or attachment and my environment, as much as my dad loved me, it wasn't, it wasn't safe or nurturing. I didn't feel supported. Okay. And when, if I really look back, I loved my father. I love him. We've talked about this endlessly. Yeah. Um, he's my greatest hero, but when my stepmom came in, she was in her own world of pain. It was horrible, like horrible on a daily basis, like just te- like terrorizing. I moved out at 14 because it's too much. I was like, I'm out. Well, she actually said, I don't want you to live with us anymore. And Ooh. everyone was like, well, that's a good, good idea. And oh. so I was like, okay, see ya. So out I went. Great. Yeah. And I was kind of okay with that until yeah. I grew up and realized that that was really traumatic. And I had to process that. So um, I think, you know, part of my I can do anything is I think inside of me, but also I think fear drove a lot of, well, I can do everything because I felt like I wasn't so much loved and important at home. So I would achieve shit. Look at me. I'm significant. I can do everything. And so it's half driven from, I think, a big innate joy inside of me and then fear because I didn't get that validation and love at home did for my dad. But in that sense, I didn't because my stepmom was primarily the one that was always home. Dad was working or he's really sick in hospital. He had Crohn's disease. So there's a combination of fear and I think innate joy inside of, mm. inside of my drive. So this mm. need for self-resilience and, and independence was I, I'll look after myself because I'm the only person that can really do totally. that thing. Is that what you're saying? Totally, which becomes destructive as an adult, and I've had to work through that. Oh, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Yeah, all clear. Yeah, yeah, all good. Better, yeah. Yeah, totally, and it becomes destructive as an adult, and I had to work through that, so I stopped that because then we just recreate that situation. So I'll just, yeah, continue to recreate situations where no one supports me until I worked through that. Mm, mm. So a lot of the stuff that you've worked through, obviously, has become fuel to your fire in terms of helping others to sort of break through their own stuff, I'm guessing. Is that... But I'll be right exactly. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting stuff. Really interesting stuff. No, I just, mm. I just love the way you've, because uh, you know, talk to people in your space, and they're generally on one track. You know, it might be uh, behavioural therapy, or it might be the, the Eastern uh, spiritual mm. track. And uh, but what, what I love about listening to you is that you, you're able to draw from all of those things and, and pull down the essence of it to say okay well there's good in all of this Let, let's let's look at let's take that tool that toolkit and then let's have a look at where you're at and uh, let's draw draw things from all of those that might be uh, useful to your particular situation I think that's uh, quite unique actually I 
I'm, I'm no expert in the space, clearly, but uh, I haven't seen too many that have the, that sort of, uh, I, I guess, non-judgment in the context that you'll, you'll take the good out of anything that, that might have some usefulness to someone's personal growth. Yeah? <laughs> Sounds like my standard life. I'll take the good out of anything that has, has its usefulness. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do when I meet people. I'm like, why are you doing this? This is shit. This isn't you. This is what your potential is. And then I help them find that. Like, that's yeah. me in a nutshell. Yeah, that's Even, awesome. Yeah. That must be very satisfying, Amber. Yeah? Uh, I, yeah, it is. It really is. God I love, love every moment of my life. I really do. Even the shit moments, I'm still like, but I still feel really joyous. Yeah. I'm still fulfilled. Well, yeah. that transformation that you must see people go through, uh, mm. life-changing stuff, if they, if they can break through their own barriers. And, and really look at themselves. I think the biggest challenge most of us have is that we're too scared to look at ourselves, so therefore we keep ourselves so busy that we don't have to. Mm. And, exactly. Uh, when you're suddenly forced to really look in the mirror and slow down and, and take it on board, it's quite confronting. But if they've got yeah. more support there with the, with the toolkit to assist them to work through that process, then that's, that is life-changing. So awesome work. Absolutely awesome work. Hey, Thanks, uh, man. Uh, I feel like we've only scratched the surface and we could talk for, for hours yet and, and we probably will because I'll get you back to talk more about uh, some of the gear. But if we were to give um, uh, the listeners some sort of take-homes in the context of uh, your key messages, are there, are there uh, key quotes or, and this sounds a bit banal to be honest, given the context of what we're talking about, but uh, key, key mottos or key things that you live your life by that... Uh, People might appreciate. Um, philosophy mm. for me is well, my life philosophy is that my attention, mental, energetic, spiritual, emotional, sexual, everything yeah. is gold. Yeah. And I am very, very ruthlessly picky with where I put it. Uh, my routine of my focus of my mind in the mornings and evenings of my day yeah. are non-negotiable. And I believe, I truly know, I feel and understand that that has been everything, but it took me a really long time to get there to value that because I didn't understand my own potential if I did do that. Yeah. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that you have so much, so much potential and it begins with understanding how to connect to yourself because until you do that, the energy will be run for you because your mind is run. That affects your energy and then and your, your whole life. Sorry, Amber, you've dropped out there. You're still with us? Hi, Amber. We, Hello. Yeah, now back again. Back again. But we okay. might just need to repeat that for us if you could. Yeah, sure. So the most important thing is that your potential is limitless, but the reason it may not feel like that is because you haven't learned to connect with yourself and direct your energy and your mind and your emotions and your decisions. Once you can connect with yourself, a step one, 100%, and that could be, 
simply putting an alarm on your phone that says pause 10 times a day. You pause, you take a breath, and you realize where was my mind right then? Was it in victim? Was it thinking about the negatives? Was it whinging about something? Was it complaining? Mm. You are purchasing your life with your attention where you are investing your mind, your emotions, and then externally your money, your your relationships, everything, every tiny micro decision of where your attention and your energy goes is what you get back. And you have to understand that not just responsibility, but that power, like that is a good thing, not scary. It's good. When you get that and when you own that responsibility, then you own your magic, then you can do whatever the fuck you want. Beautifully said. Absolutely beautifully said. 100% on board. I'd for those of you who want to dig a little bit deeper, I'd really recommend you grab a copy of uh, Amber's book, The Unpractical Life. Uh, I'm only probably 30% of the way through, loving every bit of it. It's, it, it really is uh, forcing you to have a bloody good look at yourself. <laughs> and, uh, and that is a scary concept. Uh, but uh, And I haven't got into, the, into the, doing the work yet, but I'm really looking forward to doing so. Are there, are there other... Similar related reading material that you suggest people um, dig into if they really want to sort of uh, really optimise the, the life opportunity that we have that you're talking about, Amber? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, things that aren't mine, one, one thing I recommend, I beyond anything, the things that I teach kids to become resilient is to be able to understand their thoughts and feel their emotions. Mm. So if you can begin to do things by prioritizing, so there's, I want to give you advice like in life in general, prioritize joy because that will then bring you more success. Trust me, just, just do it. Secondary, um, an app that's really simple. The way that you'll be able to prioritize joy is to be able to steal your mind, to be able to trust your heart more, to realize that when you prioritize joy, you go into flow and become more successful is meditation. That's the bottom line guys. Well, you can, there's a really cool, simple app. And this is, this is the one I found years ago. I have no, I don't even know these guys. I have no, there's no affiliation or association, nothing. Mm-hmm. I just like it because it's a really down to earth Aussie bloke who made it and he's super right. simple. Yep. One giant mind. It's my favorite meditation app. It's like 10, 15 minutes. It's really easy. Teaches you how to meditate. It's one great. One giant mind. Okay. I'm grabbing. I, mm-hmm. I use calm at the moment and, it, and it's, it's good, but not, I, I'm still, the old brain keeps getting in the road. So I'm, I'm going to jump yeah. out of that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's my fave. And then um, just if you, if you want to, I have um, – it's a 45-minute audio. It's a, it's a free audio that I made because I found the biggest thing that people were saying is they were stressed, overwhelmed, their mind wouldn't slow down. And so I just recorded an audio to fix those three problems in 45 minutes to help you get back to center. It's called Calm, Clear, and Confident, and it's oh. just amberhawken.com. Amber it's on the homepage. It's a free opt-in. It's just really simple. It's an audio. You can listen to it, you know, in the mornings when you're driving to work. It'll just get you centered. Um, yeah. yeah. Teach okay. you, it'll teach you how to feel your emotions as well, which is, I know it's scary, but necessary. Especially with blokes like us. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and yeah. if, uh, if people want, want to really do the work uh, and, and need you as a guide to assist them on that journey, uh, how can they work closely with you and how do they contact you to make that happen? Amberhawken.com. Go and explore there. Uh, if you go to the mentoring or work with me page or if you want me because I do corporate events, I'm a speaker, I, I speak with the RAF, Australian Defence Force, and in schools, as I said, mm. just send us a contact. Um, my team will get onto it. There's an application process for me. I take my clients very, very seriously. My one-on-ones are very special to me and they're very – it's a conversation that we have that's at least as long as an hour 
before we think about working together because I want to get to know you and if I can help you. And then it's a chat and then we go from there. Um, so it's all on my website. You can find amberhawken.com. Explore that. Look at that. Send us an email to hello at amberhawken.com and we can go from there and sort out whether you're not, you want it in your business or your personal life or you want to join my, you know, program. My 2018 program is already booked out, but I'm already taking bookings for 2019, which is cool. So, yeah. Very cool. And just sort of projecting forward into the future, what are you investing in at the moment to, to add to what you're doing? Calm, yeah, Calm Mind Project. Um, it's When I say it with my Australian accent, people think I say Calm Mind. So it's <laughs> Calm, like as in Feeling Calm Mind Project. And that's, yeah, currently, um, so I've got, I'm doing my next event is in central West Queensland in, in the country region and there's 10 schools joining in. So that's about teachers and students and resilience, um, everything that we've spoken about except obviously from from year one up until year 12 but it's um you know it is applicable to corporate worlds as well it can be molded into the corporate world so if you're in that corporate space and you're thinking my gosh we we need that there then feel free to reach out because i'm really open to that it's just i've just focused on the schools this first one so yeah awesome it just i love the fact that you're bringing that level of thinking and, and feeling into uh Young and our future, really, because uh, Thank you. If, we, if we're getting the kids to start thinking that way, who will influence their parents to do the same, by the way? So I, I can see that. Well, totally. Awesome Hence, I'm doing what I did first and then, yeah, you know, this now because I'm like, well, I've got the parents covered, but what about the kids and our entire future? So it's a bit of a selfish decision, to be honest, Bushy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but hey, uh, selfish comes from selfless, I 100% uh, believe that. So. <laughs> Love the work you're doing. Hey, um, as I say, I feel like we've only just scratched the surface, Amber. I, I love the work that you're doing. And I, I think, um, you know, I, I've been hunting in this space for a long time on someone who really does help people to get the essence of who they are and what they need to be doing so they can do more of that and build their life forever. There's very few people who bring that both breadth and depth of approach to what you're doing to assist them in that. And in a way that is relatable, down to earth, and straight to the chase. So, love your work. Um, looking forward to continuing to uh, work with you and talk with you moving forward. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much, Bushy. It was an absolute honour. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, Anna. How good was that? I hope you enjoyed it. To get a summary of all the investment gold and to get a copy of the show notes, email me on hello at khgroup.com.au. That's H-E-L-L-O at khgroup.com.au. Or check us out at www.khgroup.com.au forward slash get invested. And join me next week for another episode of the Get Invested podcast. Thanks for listening. And as always, dream as if you'll live forever and live as if you'll die tomorrow.